This is HR in Review, a podcast dedicated to HR thought leadership, actionable advice, and all the latest developments in human resource management. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our newest episode of HR in Review. I'm Monica Sharma, the editor of HR Review, and if you haven't tuned in before, in this short segment, we'll be looking back at some recent standout stories, and we'll be discussing the most relevant topics linked to HR. Each week will be based around a different theme, and this week's is the ending of the furlough scheme and how HR can prepare for this. Here today, I'm joined by my guest, Alan Price. Alan is Peninsula's Group Operations Director and CEO of Bright HR, the most popular HR software and support service for SMEs in the UK. With over 18 years of experience with employee relations in the UK, Alan is often asked to share his expertise with big brands and businesses. Alan, thank you so much for joining our episode today. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks, Monica. Great. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Um, So I just wanted to jump straight into our first story, which is research um, released by HMRC about the furlough scheme. And essentially, the most recent figures show that by the end of June, over half a million people came off the scheme as employer contributions were set to change at that time. During um, this period, furlough numbers dropped from around 2.4 million to just 1.9 million. So Alan, although there's a slight lag with the figures given that we're now in August, we're seeing more and more people coming off this scheme. What What is your immediate reaction to these figures? Is this a good sign for the labour market? I think it's a positive step. Obviously, we have great insights into what a lot of small organisations are doing and mm-hmm. hospitality and retail has reopened and as an immediate consequence of that, employees have been asked to return to work. So you would expect a large number of employees back in the workplace, not just because of the change with regards to the COVID restrictions, but businesses reopen, Mm -hmm. city centres are reopening, and a lot of employers are asking employees to come back in, not just from flexi-failure, but back into full-time employment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think also um, recent ONS statistics have shown that the number of job vacancies in the UK are now up on pre-pandemic figures. So as you said, it's a combination of, of kind of the lifting of restrictions um, and also just the job market picking up slightly. So I, I think I would agree with you there about a slight recovery. Um, so within these figures, it was shown that young people came off the furlough scheme fastest and they moved twice as fast as other age groups. In your opinion, will there be a disproportionate impact on people within a specific age bracket once the furlough scheme ends? I think you've got to look at the demographic in terms of what roles those individuals are in. And we know from our own data that the young, the younger workforce in employment, again, going back to that hospitality mm-hmm. and retail sector, tend to be um, students, uh, part-time workers. So you will see a disproportionate impact on younger workers being taken off fairly because they're the workers who are predominantly working in the hospitality and retail sector. Mm-hmm. And um, what is your opinion on older workers? Because there's been quite a lot of um, fear, I suppose, around older workers being impacted once the furlough scheme ends. There's there's always a challenge with regards to the, the makeup of your workforce, but ordinarily your more mature workers provide a, a, a life experience that mm-hmm. is it, it, hard to gain from, from, from newer entrants to the workforce. You've also got to say or at least look at your your earlier point, Monica, about the availability of of jobs. And whilst some employers have chose the part-time younger workforce to bring back predominantly in retail and hospitality, Mm -hmm. you've also got to think about future roles um, being unfilled and 
flexibility from your more mature workforce who may have been looking maybe to retire or not come back to, to work, being able right. to keep them engaged because ultimately you're going to have a large number of vacancies that you're not going to be able to fill. Mm-hmm. That's actually a really interesting point. I think um, there is a fear there that these older workers will be kind of pushed out, whether that's through early retirement or, or you know, not being invited back after the fellow scheme ends. And I think now businesses, as we know, Alan, there's a big staff shortage at the moment um, due to a variety of different factors. So I suppose employers will be considering all their options and, and potentially trying to, you know, keep on these these older workers with more experience. I think in days gone by, there's always been an opportunity to onboard and recruit, but given the large amount of vacant roles in the UK, and we're mm-hmm. seeing it from the businesses that we speak to, that recruitment's a challenge, and we're advising them exactly the same point. Monica, go back to your leavers, go back to your retirees, go back to those who decided um, not to re-enter the workforce at the end of the furlough period and look at what are they currently doing and what value they can add. And obviously there's a requirement to be more flexible. Mm-hmm. There's a requirement to consider their own situation. Right. But there, there are skills still available. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you there. I think now businesses have been forced to kind of come up with creative ways to solve this, this problem of having so many vacancies and not enough candidates and I definitely think that considering the older workforce and kind of pulling from their experience and um, you know inviting them back could potentially fill some of these vacancies. Definitely. Um, So as you've mentioned there's obviously been a big gap now um, for some employees who haven't been um, in the workforce they've been on furlough. So my next question to you Alan is what is the best practice for employers to deal with bringing back furloughed staff Um, to the office after a year. Follow us on Twitter at HR Review or join us on LinkedIn and Facebook. There's a lot of practical considerations with regards to communication and engagement. Some employees have used this time to keep in touch with their employees. Mm -hmm. The Fairlow Job Retention Scheme allows you to do training. So a large number of employees that we speak to will have done vocational or digital e-learning with their staff Mm -hmm. where they've upskilled them in a particular area or refreshed their skills. So they're coming back full of enthusiasm, um, full of um, direct additional knowledge and skill. Mm -hmm. Other employers have had very little to do with that workforce for 12 months. And therefore, the first consideration is do you need to re onboard them? Do you need to do an induction? We know of some employers who are going through the whole induction process again, mm-hmm. re- reminding people of the company culture, what's changed, what stayed the same. Obviously, there still is a number of employees with COVID restrictions, or at least the COVID secure type of approach to work. They still have face masks, they still have single ways of working, and mm-hmm. um, they're still monitoring um, sickness and issues arising from COVID. So I think. The first consideration is communication with the workforce. Mm-hmm. I think the second one is that point you made about location. Right. Do, em- do employees have to um, come back to the workplace? Can they work from home? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the employee's stance about flexible working and uh, mobility? And more importantly, what's their stance on COVID? So we, we know in the care sector, employees returning from furlough were being asked or being mandated to be um, vaccinated before mm-hmm. the government guidelines uh, guidance changes in October. But you have some employers um, who may support that sector or may just have a strong view on vaccination that they're bringing in new policies about vaccination. So again, there's a communication and um, operational task to review your COVID stance mm-hmm. and will you be actively encouraging them um, t- to be vaccinated? Right. So there's a lot of different considerations there. I think one issue um, that I've definitely heard um, 
heard kind of within the HR circle is that there could be a potential divide in the workplace now that um, you know people who were previously on furlough are coming back and then obviously those who have been um, in office or been working the entire time do you have any advice to HR teams who are trying to manage that problem? I wouldn't say it's the top reason we, we get employees speaking to us but it's probably in the top five you've mm-hmm. got a, a variety of different um views and biases you've got employees who've been on furlough and therefore some employees who weren't able to be furloughed because of the nature of their work or location um or the role they were in was in demand they may have been a key worker mm-hmm. resenting those employees that they perceive have had time off the employees who've been on furlough may say they weren't getting 100 percent from their employer they were on 80 percent, mm-hmm. so they feel um, a financial disadvantage right and then you've got employees and employees taking a different view on covid vaccination so there's a variety of different um views from employees i think hr's perspective is goes back to that point about onboarding it's understanding the various viewpoints of the workforce we employ in the uk 2000 staff ourselves across Mm -hmm. our group and we're doing a lot more in the way of staff communication staff engagement anonymous polling staff surveys town halls Mm -hmm. more more e-learning with the staff about what's changed what stayed the same so i think Mm -hmm. hr's got a pivotal role to ensure that the needs of all the employees and the employer are taken in, but also understanding the variety of viewpoints and ensuring there's a consistent, coherent message from the management team or depending on the size of the business, mm-hmm. um, the division to explain what steps were taken for furlough, not furlough, and what we're doing to thank and reward the staff who work through it and why. Right. I think that's a really interesting point that you've raised because communication is going to be really important moving forward, I think, um, to kind of bring that staff, um, the the various groups of staff back together to kind of um, communicate the new policy that's come in because of COVID, what the company's stance on that is, whether they're retaining flexible working. And I think that will help to maybe solve the problem of deteriorating company culture, which may have happened to some businesses over the last year this is it and the medium of communication has changed dramatically it's no longer mm-hmm. a conference call or face-to-face you've got everything from microsoft teams through to zoom through to life size through to mm-hmm. whatsapp groups to um apple face facetime groups all the way through to email chains and text mm-hmm. messaging the medium to communicate with the workforce has dramatically changed but it's ensuring that some of the simple advice that we've been given to hr practitioners and also clients is agree that form of communication because there's so many different mediums and so many different pockets of viewpoints that can just go off into a Teams chat or a WhatsApp group or mm-hmm. even an email thread. And it's just ensuring consistency to say that this is our forum, it's Microsoft Teams, it's video, it's once a week, it's once a month, it's a newsletter. But mm-hmm. there's a coherent approach in terms of the company stance on all the matters that we've just been talking about. Right. That, that definitely makes sense. Um, My next story is actually kind of contrary to what we've been talking about. We've been mentioning a lot of job vacancies and, um, you know, this potential now in the in the labour market. But this new story that I wanted to discuss was recent research published by Indeed, which highlighted some key problems which employers could be set to face as the furlough scheme begins to wind down. So the research essentially stated that less people than were initially expected were urgently searching for a new job despite the furlough scheme coming to an end soon. So over two-fifths, so 41% of those still on furlough and over half of people who are not currently in work are not searching for a new job. And this was quite surprising to um, kind of the people carrying out the research. 
Um, so as we're moving closer to September and obviously closer to the end of the furlough scheme, what are some of the key challenges that you believe will arise for employers over the next month, Alan? If you have any comments on the HR and Review podcast, would like to suggest a topic or speaker, or provide other feedback, you can contact us using the email podcast at hrreview.co.uk. We look forward to hearing from you. Prior to the pandemic, there was already a skills and shortage of skilled workers and obviously the apprenticeship schemes and a variety of government initiatives were there to try and improve both the productivity and skills gap mm-hmm. but, with, but with the onset of Brexit and, and, and the change in the transient um, European labour coming into the UK mm-hmm. there's a, a double effect of the pandemic a lot of employees have moved location so in terms of um, mobility aren't necessarily able to come in mm-hmm. a lot of empl- employees have been able to budget and um, manage their finances in a different way and therefore you may not have um, two parents in a home working anymore it might mm-hmm. only be only be one a lot of employees have embraced spending more time with the family maybe not having a family holiday but being able to afford not to work so I, th- I think that survey sounds true in terms of a lot of employees have decided to take a different approach to life and mm-hmm. The pandemic has been a life-changing event for many and a, and a one-off occurrence. And therefore, there's a number of employees who are putting off a return to work because mm-hmm. either they've made a decision temporarily not, not, not to want to work or occasionally being able to manage their life and their, and their work-life balance in such a way that there isn't a need anymore. And therefore, mm-hmm. employees do have to look at the skills gap. They do have to look at... Um, the available opportunities. I know the CIPD just launched a campaign about 1 million mm. employees, 1 million job seekers coming to the market from um, education. And in the past, a lot of employees have thought, let's wait a year or two, Let, let's get these individuals to get some life experience before mm-hmm. a lot of the larger employers will take a, a candidate straight from school. Yeah. But those skills learned at school are transferable. And a lot of HR departments need to start looking for the L&D function. L&D has probably been one of the teams that's been on furlough. Mm-hmm. Um, but that skill and that, and that vocational training that a lot of these school leavers will need to have are going to need to be provided maybe by the by the, the employer rather than uh, external schemes. Mm. That's actually a very interesting point because I've, I've not seen that mentioned much, but I definitely think that is a consideration, um, especially as we mentioned, because of the number of vacancies and employers needing to consider all their options. Obviously, graduate school leavers are a good um, kind of uh, group to pull from, but mm. they will now need to kind of provide those that learning and development opportunity maybe internally through the company as opposed to just waiting it out and and hoping that these um, students will get uh, kind of work experience as they go. Why not subscribe to the premium version of HR in Review? You'll get ad-free content, early and extra episodes and more. Even better, although it's the premium edition, it's absolutely free. Sign up at hrreview.co.uk slash podcast. You've only got to look at the the low take up of the apprenticeship levy. Mm. Large employers, a significant number of employers, contribute to the, to that pot of money available from government, but very few of them actually seize the opportunity in terms of rebate to take on the apprentices to reinvest in them. They'd mm-hmm. rather somebody else um, take on the apprentice, which nobody else is. Wait right. two or three years in the job market for them to get um, experience and then pay the market rate for, for that person or for that role. And I think with, with the ever-changing employment landscape, 
a lot of larger employees need to look at the apprenticeship scheme, A, because of the, the funding that it provides, but more importantly, mm-hmm. the ready-made employee candidate doesn't exist anymore. And therefore, mm-hmm. an apprentice, it may take six, 12 months to have a real impact in terms of the workplace. Mm-hmm. But it may take you six or 12 months, Monica, to find that right. ideal candidate. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think, I think there's, there's definitely a balance or trade-off to be had. Mm. I think returning to the Indeed research, they also found that um, three quarters of respondents stated that they were not urgently job hunting as they expected to return to their pre-pandemic job after the fellow scheme ended. So I was wondering, is this view realistic? Do you think that people will be returning back to their um, kind of pre-fellow jobs or will there be a flood of redundancies? And, and if there are, what, what is the best way for HR teams to approach this? It's, it, it, it's a stock answer with regards to communication. If, if you're communicating with your workforce, you're communicating what, you're, what you believe your uptake and demand to be. If you're looking at return them full-time, return them part-time. If you're looking mm-hmm. at partial return, you're looking at layoff, you're looking at redundancies. A good employer, a good HR practitioner, a good HR department will be having those conversations mm-hmm. um, with, with, the, with their workforce so that the end of the fellow scheme isn't a watershed moment where, mm-hmm. right, there's no more government funding. We're now going to look at the redundancy process. Mm-hmm. It's talking them through how busy we are, what speaking to them about orders, volume of work, and seeking their views on what should we do? Should we look at layoff? Should we look at part-time work? And should we look at a temporary mm-hmm. uh, change to working hours? Should we look at uh, a reduction in a temporary reduction in salary? Should we look at a pay freeze? Mm-hmm. What What's most important? The most productive workforces are those that are truly engaged, both right. in the business aim but the commercial aims as well. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely considering all the alternatives to redundancy, and then also communicating openly with staff to let them know what your plans are. Because it doesn't come as a surprise, and I think a lot, mm. a lot of, a lot of the employment disputes we see is where the employee's in shock, and right. there's an emo- emotive response rather than a rational response to, to the issue at hand. Because they've been off during furlough, they've not been made aware of how the business is performing. They're expecting to go back to work. They're not job hunting because everyone's expecting to go back to the normal role. Mm-hmm. And there's been no business event or life event to make them trigger. They've not missed the pay review. They've not missed the promotion. Mm-hmm. They, they don't feel that they've been. Um, a failure to acknowledge them so that normal trigger for, for moving role may not necessarily exist in the, in the short term mm. but likewise that role may not still exist depending on how the business is performing. Mm-hmm. So Alan I just wanted to ask you one final question as we're talking about the furlough scheme and it coming to an end um, what are the imminent issues in your opinion that HR teams will have to face immediately as, as the scheme ends and how can HR ensure that their organisation um, is kind of prepared for the post-fellow working life? I think that lag or, or lack of awareness of the workplace uh, for a lot of employees will be massive and HR's got a role to ensure those employees are re-onboarded both into the culture mm-hmm. and the business process. Even getting up for work on time may be right. a practical <laughs> consideration for a large number of employees. But there's a lot of practical considerations. You, HMRC require us to keep furlough records for five years. Mm-hmm. A large number of employers have been looking to keep their business afloat. HR have been supporting both the labour shortage, the communication, um, any issues arising from the closure or reopening of the office. A lot of HR are involved in terms of the COVID response as well, and mm-hmm. even the vaccination education programme. So mm-hmm. there's a practical consideration of keeping a log of vaccinations, keeping a practical log of furlough records, mm-hmm. communication. But more importantly, what is the business outlook for the 12 
next 12 months and how does the employment mm-hmm. relationship need to differ how does the contractual relationship need to differ and how does the reward structure need to differ and mm-hmm. making sure that employees have all of that resolved before the first day back either in the normal place of work or at home mm-hmm. so it's difficult because they have to be looking back to make sure they're keeping <laughs> the correct records looking forward to make sure that employees are updated on their outlook for the next 12 months there's quite a lot for hr teams to do within the next month and within the next few months I think HR have got a pivotal part to play both in the end of the failure process and getting the economy back to where it needs to be. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with you there, Alan. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Alan, for joining me on the show today and kind of talking through what the end of the furlough scheme would, like, will look like and the practical considerations that businesses will have to keep in mind. Thank you. It was great to talk to you. And as I mentioned before, Alan can be reached at the Peninsula Group and Bright HR. To our audience, as always, if you're interested in learning more about furlough, HR strategy or any other topic linked to HR, please head over to our website, hrreview.co.uk. Thanks once again to Alan for joining us and our audience for listening. We hope to see you next time where we will be continuing the discussion on the most relevant HR topics. See you then. The HR and Review podcast is brought to you by hrreview.co.uk. hrreview.co.uk is a website dedicated to human resources and related professionals. News items are posted daily together with analysis looking in-depth at topical HR issues. You can sign up for our range of specialist newsletters at hrreview.co.uk slash sign up and follow us on Twitter at HR Review or join us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thank you for listening.